Two. Yes, hello folks, welcome to the Weekly Match Snitted Show. I'm your host as always, joined with my regular co-host here, fantastic comic Wigan. And I have an old few verbal jobs at me, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> as we talk about uh, Manchester United, I try to reveal on the positive. Um, you know, one of the things Calm I'm trying not to do is trying to make this podcast about the last game because I feel like the games now that we're watching are so insignificant, so irrelevant to what is going to happen moving forward that nothing that happens in the next couple of games is going to affect any decision going forward. No one's going to play well in the next three, four games and get a reprieve instead of execution. Nobody's going to play so badly in the next three, four games where some of that's the tipping point between kicking and kicked out or an ideology or philosophy teams or anything. I just feel like what we're we're in this really weird limbo where um, I feel like these are almost the first four preseason friendlies that, that that are left because there's absolutely nothing left to play for. So, so what do you do? do you, are you saying we just down tools? That's it. No one cares anymore. In my opinion, these are games where <laughs> the likes of Scott McTominay has to show he wants them. Do you know what I mean? Like he he's a player that the fan base is tore on because half the fan base think he's such a he's such a good player to have around because he loves the club and he plays for the badge and and I'm I'm part of that probably because I see what what he offers us he, he's not he's not the best player ever he's a, a squad player at best really if we're truthful about it but he's the type of player that wants to stamp down like did you listen to his interview after after that game he's I'm, I'm confused why did you single why did you single him out what what is what what is he got to prove the next three four games with no one else has <clears throat> I feel like he is a type of player that could be in a Ten Hag team. He's the type of player who could be a squad player on the bench. He doesn't want to be. He wants to start every game. Scott McTominay so is someone. You think he should start every game? No, I'm, See, I, I'm, no I'm saying I think that he should be thinking that. Anyone that says I'm all right with being a bench player shouldn't be a moment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's my point. So I'm over these that. next four games, do you not think that he has to be putting himself out, out there. Like, he, he mm. did not interview, to be fair to him. He said, he, he called out the problems above. He called out the players. Like, he's calling out his, his fellow players. Mm. That takes a set of balls from a kid. Because really, Scott McComey... He's not a kid. kid. He's still a kid. What is no, he, like, 20... 20, 25. No kid. He's still young. If you're if you're under 25, right, you're considered a kid. a kid. No, he's not. He's considered his prime. Listen, I think he should do it. But not because he's got a point to prove. Not because he needs to prove a point to Ten Hag that he's that he's committed or that this Scott McTominay is this or that. We all know what Scott McTominay is, right? And he is someone that I would not include as part of the toxic element of the team, right? No, definitely not. So I don't think people like him have anything to prove. I think the decisions have already been made about who's going and who's staying. Uh, who you think so? It. How could they not be? I mean, what body of evidence do you need that you don't already have. I mean, what is it that if you haven't made a decision about a bunch of United players don't, and you think that what happens in the next three, four games can change your mind, then okay, I so- would have serious I would have serious concerns about the validity and solidity of the information that you're making decisions on players because it genuinely there's a difference between form and, and, and class. One is te- one is permanent, one is temporary. And if anyone can convince the new manager in the next three, four games that the last nine months didn't happen. I'd have serious concerns about that. No, but are we not being fed the information that Ten Hag will have a final say on everything? So yeah. surely he hasn't made a decision on who's leaving the club yet because he hasn't worked with the players. It's all well and good seeing players perform, but a lot of these players 
like have been playing with other players on in this team. There's no cohesiveness between them. Man. You know, he has to he has to see people on the training ground. He can't make a decision based on what he's watching on TV. That would he's be unfair. Not, so be if we're being fed, if if we're being fed information that he has the final say, I think there, there's no one is 100 percent even apart from probably Pogba. First of all. He's not going to make a decision based on what he's watching on TV. He's going to make decisions on players based on information he's being given by people like Ranyan at the football club, detailed metrics by people that are at the football club. There's, I can understand saying I want to see players on a football pitch whenever the conclusion is not obvious, right? But you see, I that's mean, where I think we're going wrong. You even saying that to me is is a part of our problem over the past right. couple of years. Hearsay. Someone's someone hearsay. Basing, He's gave guys got a set of eyes. Yeah, but basically, it's not basing hearsay. Your opinion, it's, uh, it's hearsay that have had their worst seasons since seventies. No, I I know that, but basing your opinion on a player based on someone else's opinion, Ten Hag's his own man. I think if we're taking well, no, anything no, no, from no, his opponent, it, it's it's he's an his amalgamation. Own man, he'll make the final decision. Come, it's an amalgamation of information. <laughs> right? It's based on your own ability. Right? I mean, well, making a decision on a footballer is not alchemy. Right? I mean, there's a couple of very important metrics right, that, that you will determine. The intangibles are things that you can't measure or personality characteristics, you know, all these things, right? They're not on a contract. Those are the only things you have to make your mind up about. But when you look at what you've just seen, it would be career suicide to turn around and go, yeah, I'm going to let these guys have another crack. I know they got so good this second. Take a look at that team played against Liverpool. It was consisted of Ferguson signings, Mourinho signings, Solskjaer signings, and a couple of academy kids. But we're going to give them another crack. Some of these players have been here 10 years. Oh, There's yeah, 100%. No but I'm, I'm saying there is some of these players that are going to get another crack. That's obvious. Well, they're going to get another obvious. crack because, they, because you just can't sell 16 players. So if that's some point, of them. So- yes, but here's the thing, Tom. Some of them will get a stay of execution, not because they're a solution to the problem, but because oh yeah, hundred percent. But because they haven't completely executed their exit strategy of getting these players out, so they're not staying because they're part of the solution going forward. These are peripheral players. These are players that will be training with the under twenty three. These are players that will be desperate for a loan in six months. These are players that will be pushed out of the club altogether. Right, so. Because it's not just footballers you're managing. It's a group of human beings that you're trying to create an environment amongst that group. This is why you can't have toxic viruses inside that because it spreads and then it affects the whole group. They will be isolated. And they're not going to be part of a new group that's coming in with enthusiasm, coming in with identifying, you know, they want to play for Manchester United. They want to win trophies. These players have already shown that they're not interested in that. They will not be allowed to be part of that in going forward. I want to touch on that because um, obviously we've heard Ranyak come out and say there's going to be 10 signings. I think between us, we can agree that That's you're nice. you're an idiot if you believe there's going to be 10 signings at this football club. But why do you think Ranyak came out and said that? Do you think that was a bit of a jab at the, the part of the It was more symbolic than anything else. Yeah, okay. So it's a symbolic move, right? So in looking into Ten Hag, he likes to play a 4-3-3. He can maybe go into a 4-2-3-1 like I had mentioned last week. He was seen at Utrecht to play a 4-3, uh, 4-4-2 diamond. At points, right? So he threw Utrecht and Ajax. He played Sebastian Halle up front, right? Almost like a target man type of player. Who's going to be that player for United next year? Well, because that, that's key in his system. Well, clearly United have to send a striker. 
So this is a perfect solution for him because now he gets to bring in a striker that he wants to play the way he wants, right? So I think um, this is, a, 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 you know, almost the fact that United are letting so many players go where they have to bring in, you know, four or five new players is a perfect scenario for Ten Hag because in some, some cases, a lot of problems are going to fix themselves, right? The players that are out of contract don't want to be there anymore. These are people that are basically halfway through a two weeks notice. Their heart isn't in it. They're desperate to leave, right? And that's obvious. And so you need to bring people in that identify with what the football club are trying to do. Look, one of the biggest problems the club has had over the years is they forgot who they were. And so the problem with valuing cash over everything else is you also assume that that's how everyone else works. When you know we're sending Roy Keane, we you know we're sending Van Persie and sending Berbatov and players like this, they turned down more lucrative offers elsewhere to play for Manchester United because they believed in the things that you don't put on a contract. They believed in the football club. They believed they wanted to play for the fans. They wanted to play for the shirt. They felt that they were guaranteed trophies. And then they worried about the money. But now it's all the other way around. And the problem is, when you want to build a football club based on we're going to pay you more and you're going to have you're going to be more of a brand, what happens when the money doesn't motivate you anymore? Then you see a bunch of people that are there solely for the money, and it shows. I don't think Liverpool are sending players solely for the money. I think these are players that are desperate to go there for the reasons players used to go to Manchester United, right? Because you're not making. I mean, you look at Mo Salah's contract. Mo Salah could leave and make more money elsewhere. Right? How many players you look at Fernando Torres? Fernando Torres left Liverpool it was a disaster after that. Right? You know, Mascherano, all these players, you know, they did um it's hard to say Mascherano did well Barcelona, but uh I think a lot of players regret leaving these clubs whenever they find out that money just isn't everything. You know, uh, Coutinho was the example I wanted to use. I think um so United are a football club that needs to give players a reason other than money to sign for the football club because these are the reasons that motivate human beings. Okay, Money has utility, it buys things, it buys comfort, but it doesn't give you meaningful happiness. It comes from other stuff. And so uh, I think uh, United have to get back to being a football club. It looks like they're making structural changes internally to bring that about. So I trust that the players that they'll go after this summer will be for all the right reasons. And uh, this is what I like about the Ten Hag appointment, is it wasn't just the end of Ranić Solskjaer era. It was the end of an era. It was the beginning of a new beginning that it, we're not just sacking Solskjaer Ranić, we're sacking an ideology, a system, and we're going to change how we run the football club. They need to remain committed to those changes, because uh, I'll get into something in a minute about something that I've been told about why players are unhappy, but um, so you know. if 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 we're going on on the basis that we're not going to sign ten players, which I think me and you both agree isn't going to happen, if say we put half of that five players right with the current squad that we have and how poor we are structurally as a team, and I'm talking about eleven to the man, right? How structurally incompetent we are as a team. There's no cohesiveness. Five players. What positions would you sign? We know a striker. That's out of it. what. What's the other four? Uh, I think United need, they definitely need a right back. Uh, that's a big yeah. problem. I think, um, you know, maybe, you know, I have serious reservations about Alex Tellez. Um, oh, uh, I think, uh, 
United definitely need a quality right back. Um, I definitely feel that they need probably two midfielders, a striker, and a centre-back. That would be my five. That would be your five, right? I think this summer, if we're only basing it on five, and that's obviously if, but maybe, I think we have to just put up with Maguire, Varane, centre-halves, and Lindelof, right? I think left-back would, would give Shaw another year. Tellez is, is terrible. We'll try and bring someone through the academy as a number two. I think right back, we have to say, right? Okay, I agree so with you, you on the two midfielders. Right back. Okay, so right yep. back, two midfielders. Okay. A right back, two midfielders. I think we need a winger and I think we need a striker because I don't think Riceford gives you that on the wing. I think Sancho, for one side, if we're, if we're going to play 4-4-2, depending on if he's going to play the 4-3-3 three, three or not. But I think we kind of need one more winger in there. I, I understand people will probably say, no, nah, we've got Sancho, we've got Riceford. But really, other than Sancho and Rashford, who do I have to play on the you wing? Think Alanga? Need, a, need a winger more than you need a uh, solution to centre back. I'm not saying, but I'm saying if we're if we're down to five, I'm prioritizing yeah. attacking because we've we already know Ten Hag okay. is an attacking attack minded manager. Well so if you're a minded manager, would you buy a winger before you buy a centre back? Given what you've seen this season. It's a really tough question. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't. If I'm if I'm a head manager, the first thing I do is get a solution at centre back before I get a solution anywhere else. You can't win the league. You can't. You know, there's an old saying: strikers win the games, defenders win the title. Right? No, I 100% agree with that. But do you not think that? Okay, I know I've been seen to to be backing up Maguire a lot. Varane is a very good player. He's shown that elsewhere. Give him, give him that season to try and settle in a bit. Do you injured not think him much. alongside... He's, he's injured too much? Mm-hmm. Injured too mm-hmm. much. There's injured too much. Don't know. If, if, we're sticking, if we're sticking to five, I, I just really think we need another winger. I don't I don't feel confident with the Calm. wingers we've got. Everything breaks down going forward because of the wingers. Do, I don't even think neither are confident playing Varane in more than two games in a row. And at I've the seen... moment, I probably agree with you. So, but like, okay, so that's but a also, do you think Bay is going to go? Well, I mean, the, the question is, he's why also he stay? I mean, if mm. you can't get a game ahead of Phil Jones at Liverpool, right? I mean, when I, when yeah. I think the last time Bay played was United recalled him before the African Cup of Nations, apparently. Right? If you can't get a game ahead of Phil Jones at Liverpool, it's time to ask yourself what your future is at the football club. And clearly, 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 clearly. He isn't rated, or he would. Play. I know. I'm. I'm actually half changing my mind here, but at the same time, I think first of all, I'd be sorting out that centre midfield spot. I'd be getting at you, least what one midfielder. What uh, what would buy you getting Liverpool or City's team? Absolutely not in a million years. Lindelof. No. With Maguire. No, not. Then how can United compete with Liverpool and City with those three centre backs? It's good. It's no, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I'm basing in my head on five, and I'm just thinking, Varane yeah. is a very good centre half. I know he hasn't showed it last well, season, but he, to be but honest, no one has. Even if he was fit every week, I'd be buying someone to play alongside him. Anyway, so those are those to me because it's not just a quality centre back. I didn't need to be able to play out from the back, <clears throat> and part of the reason why Varane was brought was to be able to do that. Look, Solskjaer wanted a left-footed centre back two and a half seasons ago and didn't get it. Mourinho wanted one and didn't get it, right? When he wanted um, Alderweireld. So 
this is something that uh, you need to address properly. Um, and um, obviously, Rudiger would have been nice, but uh, I, I, the question is really the budget. And, you know, this summer is going to be a nightmare. You know, they're going to be linked with more teenagers and Wayne Lineker. But anyway, this guy, that guy, this guy, this guy, that guy. What's the transfer budget? Uh, 670 billion, 12 trillion, well, it's a 40 quid, 20 million, 30 million. It's nonsense. They think about the logic in this, right? <laughs> I mean, do you think an editor sitting down with Eric Ten Hag and saying, hey, Eric, 20 mil, that's it, man. That's your lot. And it's just not how it works. I mean, Ronaldo is a perfect example of this. Now, prior to Ronaldo coming available, you know, they were more or less done with their sense. And then all of a sudden, an opportunity comes along that they can't turn down. And they find the money. So when you talk about budgets, I don't think it's like a computer game where you need to sit down and go, 20 million hard number. Because there's so many variables in that. What about wages? What about image rights? What about bonuses? You know, what about you know how you pay the transfer fee? You know, oh, and what about agents' fees and how? Do, so, in the twenty million, is all that included? Is that just the transfer fee? You know, what about amortization? It's just nonsense, right? Now, I have no doubt you know they have some arbitrary number in their head. They're like, all right, well, we're not going to spend more than this or whatever. Right, but Manchester United are a business. If you sit down with Manchester United and say, "Here's a player available for 25 million, and he's such a commercial juggernaut, they're gonna make a hundred back," you know, they'll do that deal. Right, they'll find 20, 25 million to do that deal. The question going forward for United, like if you ask Manchester United players, why are they unhappy? Why are they so disillusioned? And what they're going to tell you is broken promises. The club don't keep their promises. And when you don't keep promises to employees, you break trust. And then it becomes a toxic relationship. We've all been in relationships with people where trust is broken and then resentment builds until there's a parting of the ways. Right? And so in their defense, Paul Pogba's biggest issue is United never kept the promise that when he came, he built the club around him. And this is what this is why it's so important to have a rigid football structure that delivers on those promises. If you bring players to your club and tell them you're going to build around them, you build around them. I right? disagree that you say that's his biggest problem, though. His biggest problem's been his ego, and that's been from the first okay. days. I'm, that's why you, got you can disagree. I'm not saying it is, I'm saying that's what he said it is. All right. Okay. You can argue, disagree with that. But He's not the first player to be really disillusioned and disappointed with the fact that United didn't keep promises. Yeah. And so in his defense, the problem is you give players plausible deniability now. Now they can turn around and blame the club because there is, it's plausible. You are partly at fault. You must deliver on this, right? So the thing is, you don't sign Paul Pogba and not build a team around him. The whole purpose of building a band, and you may not say he's not good enough, he shouldn't be built, that's fine, right? But you don't build, buy a player like that and not build a team around him. And this is this, this is exactly the issue with recruitment. We talked about this last week, and Ralph Ranya came out and said this, <clears throat> when he talked about cosmetic changes. And I said to you, Calm, last week, 
United need to make drastic changes at the football club. I'm not talking about the little macro changes, the little things that don't really affect ideologies, don't really affect the running of the business, that don't really change United from what they is now to raise on that from being a profit machine. These are tiny changes, right? That are acceptable, that, that you have the ability to make within these very narrow parameters you put on. So now Rania came out and rightfully criticized that. And that is exactly what we were saying last week on this podcast. United have to do major changes, but like an alcoholic that falls off the wagon, change is hard. And once alcoholics are a month, two months down the line, I haven't had a drink, I can have one drink. And that's what happens to United. They lose the urgency and the commitment to keep adhering to the changes that they made because the muscle memory causes them to fall back into their old habits. They killed their old momentum. They finished second, and that's cruising altitude to United. You know what? We're happy. Fans aren't protesting. We're making money. You know, yeah, we'd like to win the league, but we're not desperate. I'm not, but not enough to where we're willing to make massive ideological changes in how we're on this football club and how we're incentivized and how we're compensated. That's what needs to change. I just, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but there's players at this team who should never have been signed for this club. So when we go back to all the problems above, there's players in, in that side that should never ever be considered as Manchester United players. And that's a harsh reality. Let, let's be honest. Under Ferguson, would a player like Tellez be getting game time? In fact, would a player like Maguire be getting game time? Do you think Ferguson would have put up with the performances of Harry Maguire? I mean, what you're talking about is come, uh, the, the, there's nothing that's currently analogous to anything that's happened under Ferguson. I mean, this is... This is the, the I mean, honestly, mate. It's it, it it's like uh, you know comparing United to Dead United in the sixties. There's there's just so much has changed today. But that that's what that's what I'm getting back at. Yeah. I'm saying everything has changed behind the scenes from Ferguson left, it's, which but, affects the product on the pitch. Of course, what happens on the pitch is always a reflection of what happens off the pitch, right? And so if you're chaotic, uh, listless, you know, aimless on the pitch, that's because that's what happens off the pitch. PSG is as close as example you're going to get to Manchester United of how you don't run a football club. When you run a football club, PSG, when, when PSG were bought, they came in and said, we now have the money to buy anybody we want. Okay? And that's how we're going to run this football club. So they attracted people on the basis that we're going to pay you more than anyone else. This is what you get. Because they've got a bunch of millionaires, Multi-millionaires that don't give a shit about your club, that don't care about how much it means to the fans, that don't care about how much it means to the club, that don't care about the intangibles. Because that's not how you attracted them. Okay, In a relationship, if you attract people on uh, uh, toxic traits, your relationship's going to be toxic. Like attracts like. So how you incentivize people will determine how they behave. And exactly the same problem. See, United forgot the basic principles that Ferguson taught them. One, nobody's bigger than the manager. Once someone's bigger than the manager, your club's dead. Well, that's what United want 
what happened under Ferguson. They just don't adhere to the principles that got them there because that contravenes how they want to run the club. So when we're talking about leaders, it's more important you have leaders off the pitch than on the pitch. And you certainly don't get leaders on the pitch until you get them off the pitch because the direction you're going in is determined by what happens off the pitch. And then you get someone to lead you in that direction. But when you're aimless, don't ask for leaders. Lead you where? Right? You for, can't for ask me, for leaders when there's no direction. For, for me, going into the next season, Maguire needs to be stripped of the captaincy. I think, to be honest, it'll do him the world of good. I also think the only player I can imagine giving it to, there's only two players I can imagine giving it to, one of which isn't going to start every week in McTominay. The other's Bruno. And I think it has to be Bruno next year because his performances on the pitch, while they haven't been good of late, he shows something on the pitch. He gives 100%. He's someone that talks a lot. He looks as if he's a leader behind the scenes too. We can't comment on that because we don't know. But I think he's the only player next season because we can't be... We can't be this this team that continues under this Harry Maguire captaincy. It's just too much for him. He needs to be given a bit of time to himself. He needs a summer out of football, come back. Maybe we'll see good performances next year. Maybe with all the captaincy, everything else, the change. Maybe maybe there's a good player in there, like I said a few weeks ago. Maybe not. But I think next year it has to be Bruno going forward. He's the only player in that team who could be captain. Other, to be honest, Ronaldo could probably be captain too, but I wouldn't want him to be captain. I don't think he'll play every week next next year, even though he'll want to, um, if he's still with us, that is. But I do think it has to be Bruno. Are you on that, the same wavelength for that one? Yes and no. So the problem with Maguire is this. United have now backed him into a non-winnable corner because if he relinquishes the captaincy, right, people are going to consider him weak. And if he gets stripped of the captaincy, that's going to be seen as a demotion. And there's one rule of thumb in business. You never demote. Because when you demote an employee, they're never happy. They're never motivated. They're bitter. They're angry. You don't get a response. What you're not going to get is Maguire getting the captaincy stripped of him going, you know what? That's going to motivate me. As we've seen with the leaks all season, the bitterness and resentment between him and Ronaldo, some of that's been over the captaincy. So it's not going to provoke a positive response from Maguire. So the problem is with Maguire, really the only solution is to sell him, but you can't, right? So to me, Ten Hag will come in and still his own captains. One of the reasons why I wouldn't give it to Ronaldo is I think you need, need a more permanent long-term solution to that. And I think they need to have somebody a bit younger. Plus, I don't think Ronaldo's a captain. You see what happened yeah. against Brantford where he comes off and throws a strap. So That's not a captain, yeah. right? Brilliant player, leader in a different way, not a captain. But nor yeah. is Maguire, right? And so the best player doesn't have to be the captain. I think it's, uh, you know, the, the, but the fact is that we don't have any outstanding candidates is one of the things that must get addressed this summer. And so... Yeah. The thing so is, see, though, see if we, I, I uh, want to touch on something else because you, you've said about Tellez, right? We've got Brandon Williams out on note at Norwich. I'm not saying he, he's he's a gonna be a United player for years to come. I don't think he has the quality, but he surely has a bit of balls. Can he play as a number two to to Shaw? Can he maybe get himself into the side next year? Because Shaw, as we all know, is hit and miss in terms of performances. If it's not somewhere we can strengthen, if we are only gonna sign five players, do you think that's maybe 
Chip Taylor is bring Brandon Williams back and let him and Shaw fight for left back. So the two things I've heard about Brandon Williams are one, he's better than Talas, and two, he has a bit of balls. Does that make him a Man United player that he's better than Talas and he has a bit of balls? No, that's that's what I'm saying though. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying, and it's possible he may get a chance simply because you never have other 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 positions they need to address. Yeah, but we need to start demanding higher standards of what we want in our team. Because having a better balls and being better than Alex Tellers is not does not make him oh, a player. Yeah, right. I mean, I talked you, you we talked on this podcast before about Pochettino. He's about to be sacked at PSG, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily thinking that it's all his fault. Certainly not. But again, a sacked PSG manager and a sacked Spurs manager almost got the Man United job. I mean, these are the standards that we can't have. I mean, do you think? that he would have got the, the City job ahead of Guardiola? Do you think he'd have got the Liverpool job ahead of Klopp? Do you even think but, he's in that standard? There's no way. These are the standards. No, but you know I, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, the, the crop of potential managers isn't great at the moment. So he he was one of the names linked because there isn't many out there. So oh. that's inevitable. He obviously wasn't picked for the reasons that, you, that you're coming off with there, but at the same time, there wasn't that many to choose from. Well, you know what? Bayern Munich just won the league this weekend. The 10th consecutive league title will be managed by a 34-year-old. So sometimes it takes a little bit of intelligence to find these guys rather than the obvious. Because if it's just about appointing the obvious guys, what are these people who are in charge of the recruitment process being paid for? Because anyone, any idiot on the internet can identify Pochettino and Ten Hag as the most obvious people to replace Ranić. But at no, the same, but, yes, I no, I agree with you on that, right? But at the same time, Phil, you have to realize that we tried a process with Solskjaer, something similar to what you're saying, because Solskjaer kind of didn't have much managerial experience, really, if we look at it that way. He was thrown in the deep end. They got it wrong. They couldn't afford to get it wrong again. So bringing Randy again, and I think we'll want to touch on this as well, about you know he's being criticized for his managerial ability. He's being criticized for maybe performances on the pitch. But at the same time, the who the, the decision makers couldn't afford to get this one wrong again. So it's almost a safer safer option to choose between Ten Hag and Pochettino. Here's the thing, though. Randy already touched on this and talked about this a number of times in the podcast. A manager's failure, if a manager fails, it's not just his failure, right? It's the failure of the football club. It's the failure of the people around him. Manager will take the blame. It's the failure of the players. There's so many moving parts, right? If a manager is successful, it's not just because of him. It's because of his backroom staff. It's because of the structure of the club. It's because there's a structure of a football club that's designed to support a manager. And this is really important because if you don't know why you failed, you can't fix it. And assuming that Solskjaer field and nobody else field is a massive misunderstanding of the problem. The problem is there's no structure to support a manager. And the problem is you, uh, you're, ha- you're trying to be successful with one hand behind your back. And the thing is, putting a football structure in place is not alchemy. All right? If you don't have one, it's because you don't want one. You need to have, you need to could have been getting it right by accident. It's easier it's easier to get it right than it is to get it wrong when you have the resources, right? This is not rocket science. Bring in people that understand football and you'll get results. But they didn't do that. And so no manager at Manchester United has 
had a Bayern Munich-esque structure or a Barcelona-type structure, you know, obviously a financial mess, but the structure exists at the football club, all designed to support the first team, right? So it's very, very difficult to be successful at a football club who doesn't value football as the most important thing. But I think going forward now with Ten Hag, that's one of the strong points of hiring someone like Ten Hag, who's got the opportunity, to who who has seen football clubs like Bayern Munich day in, day out. Football clubs so like Ajax Hal. day in, day out. Yeah, so did Van Hal. And you know what? Van Hal was a good manager. But me and you can both agree on Van Hal being a good manager. The problems with Van Hal were that there was too much. I don't. It, it was more the boardroom level. There was problems with Van Hal. Van Hal was a good manager. Mourinho, great manager. We can both agree on that. There's, there's been systematic problems at this football club throughout the reign of all these managers, from David Moyes really. Since David Gill left the club, that's when, when the problems came. The problems are with Ed Woodward at that point. Ed Woodward was shocking for this football club. So it's all well and good you saying there, you, you mentioned, you know, um, the fans, you know, all jump on Ole. And I I'm, I never wanted Ole to go how, how it went. Probably agree that he should have went, but I was Ole in and I do not agree with all the, the stick Ole's been given. But at the same time, not every fan's like me or you and see that. Joe Bloggs down the pub doesn't care. Oh. He sees the performances on the football pitch and he blames the manager. Before we get to Edward Word, let's talk about Edward Word. Um, who employed Edward Word? Manchester United. Uh, the Glazers. Who gave him the power to do what he did? The Glazers. Manchester United. Yes. And, and but... Hold on. And who made him the highest paid executive in the league during his tenure? The Glazers. What? So clearly, 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 Edward Word is a symptom of the Glazers. Clearly, 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 Edward Word is carrying out the Glazer instructions to the T. Clearly, clearly. Oh, natural sequela to having that type of ideology is Edward Word. He is a consequence of a philosophy and a mindset. So to me, Edward Word is the, is, is the scab on the top of a wound. To me, uh, you're going to keep getting the same scab until the wound heals. So until that do you not away, Do you not part blame him along with the Glazers? Because I, I blame no, Edward Word. No, because no, it's well, kind of well, like, I do. And, I'll, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> I. If you go out and hire Dracula, you can't blame him that he sucks blood. You knew what you were getting. Okay. Yeah. You, you what you should do, on the other hand, is blame the person that brought him in because that was the person that looked at Dracula and said, that person best suits what I want. Edward Word, when he joined Manchester United, what, what, what he was part of the investment group that funded the Glazers, right? Um, but that was his job. He wasn't claiming to be a Man United fan wasn't claiming to be anything right we had no expectation of anything from him because he never claimed like david gill to be a manchester United fan or someone that was a custodian of the well-being of the football club he was brought into manchester United on a very clear pretense he is a glazer stooge you hire dracula dracula sucks blood don't blame dracula blame the guy that hired him because that was the that's why he's there. And that individual has the ability to take him out. Okay. See, and see, that's I why agree I have with you on the Glazers. Arnold. 
but but your concerns about Richard Arnold are based on the fact that he's in the same role as as Ed Woodward, really. Well, he's there to represent an ideology. That's why he has the job. I don't, I don't know. I I'm I'm different in opinion. You I think, think he's going to run obviously... the club against the Glazers' wishes? I don't think he's going to run it against the Glazers' wishes. Okay. But you know, I mean. if if he's looking at it, he's seen what went wrong with Ed Woodward. He has to make some sort of change. Man. And that goes back to the problems that I've just spoke about, saying that system, systematically this club has been functioning all wrong. But this Mainly has been obvious for years. Because of the Glazers, but some of that has to, some of that blame has to go on Ed Woodward too. Some of but, the decisions he made, some of the transfers he sanctioned, like, come on, mate, how no, can you say but, but, but because you're not uh, putting any of the blame on Ed Woodward? He's just a puppet because, to the Glazers. Yes, he is a puppet, of course, okay. but he's also to blame. No, he made, no, 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 let he me explain the way. Let me explain to you why. Okay. Every single thing that Edward did, he was given that power to do. Okay. So the people that give him the ability to do that are responsible. Right. If you hire a monkey and you give him all this responsibility and makes a mess of things, it's your fault, not the monkey's fault. The monkey does what monkey does. This is what a monkey is. Okay, so Ed Woodward didn't turn around and say to you, you know what, I'm a Manchester United fan. I'm not in this job to prioritize making money. I'm in this job to be a benevolent runner of this football club that cares about fans. He never said any of that once. He turned around and told you, this is what I am. I'm a snake. This is what I do. So to expect anything different is your mistake. Because I never told you I was giving you anything different. And if you don't like it, go speak to the people that put me in this job. Because I'm here because they feel I'm the best individual available to carry out their wishes and to run the football club that's commensurate with their ideology. That's why he's there. That's why Richard Arnold is there. If Richard Arnold disagreed with the Glazers principally on everything, and said, you know what? I'm going to run this football club how I want, not how you want. Richard Arnold would be sacked. Right? So the so direction no, no of any business... Who, no matter who is hired by the Glazers, you're saying they're completely not at fault, but you won't, you won't back them. No, because... Here's, not principally at fault, because if... Okay, so... so no, no, sorry, no, no, just, and I'll tell you what. Because if I've lied to you, and said to you, I'm giving you, I'm going to promise you, but I deliver something else. Then you can turn around and say, you're, you know, uh, you're, you're an individual, you know, you're, you're morally bankrupt. You lied to me. I saved. I had a different expectation. Fair enough. But if I come in and say to you, calm, I'm a businessman. I'm here to monetize every aspect of this football club. And that's exactly what I do. And I'm here because that's how the owners of this football club want this football club run. He isn't the problem. Because this is what happens when you go after, you know, the head of a cartel and you smack the cartel. Right? Well, it just gets replaced by someone else until you address the underlying issue. Right? It, it changes nothing. Okay. So based on what you're saying to me, though, right, that you basically don't associate any of the blame with Woodward. You blame it all on the Glazers, which, which mm-hmm. I blame 90%. 90% they of the blame on the Glazers. Right, they could. They why could. Why they sack managers and not not Woodward? They're snakes. But this is what where I'm going. Well, why to they on, sack right? managers and not Woodward? 
but this is this is where I'm going to touch on. So, are you telling me that any manager employed by Manchester United you won't back? Because no, that's totally different. Based on what you're no, telling no, 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 no. There's clearly a massive disconnect between what a manager wants and what the glazer wants, which is why they end, it always ends up toxic and they get sacked. But but they're the one that that ultimately makes the final decision on yes, on who's I, getting hired. Well, and what you've just told who, me is who that may, who anyone who goes into Edward Rodrigo. Who makes the but final you, decision? You just said anyone who takes Edward Rodrigo, Richard Arnold, for example. We don't know enough about Richard Arnold. Well, I don't, anyways, to base my opinion if he's going to be good or not. I haven't seen enough well, to say yes, thing. he's brilliant or no, he's not. Well, there's a difference between possibility and probability. So, is it possible that he is going to be some guy, you know, given this history, he's a rugby guy, really doesn't know much about football, more Manchester United, but somehow over the last year, his personality has changed, characteristics have changed. And now he is basically everything but a signed-up member of Must, right? Uh, th- that's possible. But is it probable? No. Okay? Is it probable, with a simple extrapolation of logic, that he is going to be another individual that represents the Glazer's uh, ideology? Yes. That's the most probabilistic outcome. Managers are hard for football reasons. Arnold is hard for business reasons. Managers are here to deliver an exciting football team. That's how they're judged. That's what will determine their success or failure of their career. Right? They, they are judged totally differently. Right? They get sacked. Woodward doesn't. The, no one, no manager gets sacked at Manchester United without the Glazer say so. So they clearly have the ability to take away your part if you're doing a job wrong that reflects poorly on the football club, but somehow they don't exercise that with Woodward. Why is that? It's a safe assumption. It's because he's doing a job well that they're asking him to do. I mean, the Glazers aren't in bed. Ed Woodward isn't blackmailing the Glazers, so he clearly did a job exactly, and he didn't get sacked. He resigned. Right? Now, these are the people just shortly over a year ago tried to completely demolish the whole structure of English football. These are the people that are all of a sudden going to be benevolent. What we see at Manchester United is is exactly a result of how the Glazers want the football club run. Look, I'm 100%. I hate the Glazers more than you could, Mm -hmm. could even imagine. I am against everything they've done. But for you to tell me that Ed Woodward has no part in this, he shouldn't be blamed for some of the decisions? Mate, do you think the Glazers had any clue about some of these transfers he was sanctioning at the time? Truthfully, the do you? Because they definitely course, didn't. So let's so let's just so then why didn't they sack him in 2014? Because, like you said, he's their puppet in terms of okay, um, so clearly that is irrelevant to them. Clearly, they don't care who he sends. But he is also part of the blame. You can't he, just say no, you know what? Wipe his hands with it because it's the Glazers who, who employed him. They're, so they're what, what, did Edward Word, no what did Edward Word not give you that he promised you that you expected? We all know Edward Man, Word. Man, I asked you a simple question. What did, what did you not get from Edward Word that you felt you were promised that, he, that, that uh, was a reasonable expectation? He didn't back United in the transfer market like he said he would. He stood he, he spent up more than any other football club in Europe in the last 10 years. No. No, this is where you're getting me wrong. He didn't back them like he said he would. He didn't back them right. He got major decisions wrong. He used money in ways that he shouldn't have used money on players he shouldn't have signed, players he shouldn't have commissioned the sale for. That is, that's that's a fact. We so signed players we should never have signed. 
Okay. Are you saying that, that they were all Edward Edwards' decision? Because I know they weren't. Of course, they're, they're not all Edward Edwards' okay. decision, but I'd say a majority of them are. Especially no, no, no. if we're I, being I, told now, and you're telling me that the manager didn't have the final say over transfer. Do you think so Edward would sign Mkhitaryan? So who, who did? You think who, he'd who, even who heard who of him? the final decision? Well, clearly the who managers the were involved in these decisions. Clearly these were the result of managers. Involved. But when, when Van Hal name-checked Di Maria, he signed him a week later. Yeah, but this is my point. Falcao was Van Hal signing. Okay, I know this because I spoke to people involved at the football club. I have them on on record, and they told well, me that. Was unfortunately, their I didn't have I didn't have the the ability that you had to speak with people. So I'm just well, no, no. But I'm saying I'm I'm just telling but, you that these were Edward were signed off on these. Yes, right? so, exactly. Edward and, signed and off on these. Okay, but at the request of his football people, right? So you know, Edward wasn't scouting Diogo Dallo in Portugal. That was that was Mourinho. And Mourinho came out and said it himself. You know, <laughs> so as, as much, there's certain things that we were did but poorly. But here's the thing, mate. Ultimately, the responsibility lies with those who give him that ability to do it. If your kid goes out in the street at 10 years of age and, and, and does damage, you're responsible as a parent, right? Because you are still accountable for them. You're partly responsible this part, part of the reason why they did that is because you didn't set the correct boundaries. You didn't educate them properly. They are a result of you. Edward Bird is a clear result of the Glazers. Without the Glazers, there's no Edward Bird. But there is, uh, Edward Bird doesn't determine the Glazers' ideology. It has nothing to do with it. The, the natural causal chain, Glazers, Woodward, Glazers, Woodward, Glazers, Woodward, Glazers, Richard Arnold. They're responsible for them. Anyway, uh, the thing is, Matt, this is what concerns me, right? Because habits are ingrained. And for United to completely change, they have to change what the owners value. And the question is, can the Glazers thread the needle between monetizing United to death and creating a successful football team. As of right now, they haven't been able to do that. So I, I, uh, I, I just think we need to get the Glazers out of the club completely. It's course, it's gone man. on too long. They need to sell. That's it. It's as simple as that. But for for I'll I'll disagree on the points in in terms of saying that that uh, Arnold and and Woodward are not to blame at the moment. We can't blame Arnold on anything. But um. And, you know, if in a year's time we're in the same position, he will be getting the blame because he's the one making part of the decision. So that's why I base my opinion on Edward Wood. Let me just say something. I, I don't particularly think they're competent at um, what I want them to do. I don't like them. Uh, I don't like the, what they do. Uh, but I recognize they're following orders. They're doing what they're told. It's so to me... You know, I think uh, if you really want to address the issue, you got to go a bit deeper because we'll just keep getting the same people with the that are exactly the same, just a different face, a different name. But uh, as for the remaining games, man, like we said, I, I, I see the game at the weekend, the Arsenal game, I ended up watching the highlights. And I'm glad I did because I wasn't anywhere near as upset as what I would have been had I watched it. Um, I don't want to harp on this, but this needs to be said. The VAR decisions that have gone against you this season are on believable and then when I look at what's going for Liverpool I don't want to be that better guy 
But if that was done in reverse, Jurgen Klopp would be spitting fellas. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many ridiculous decisions that have gone against United this season. And I seriously hope that when Ten Hag comes in, he's abrasive. He comes in, he goes after people all the way Klopp has. Because if you go back two seasons ago, Solskjaer turned around and said, after a certain man complained about VAR, we haven't been getting any decisions. Well, exactly the same thing happened again. So yeah. I want to see United bite back. Yeah, me, me too. We need to see that. We need to see some sort of passion from Ten Hag. We need to see attacking football. We need, we need to see the Manchester United of old. And it's just something that seems so far away. But hopefully um, next season I can get back to where we, where we once were. We shall see. Mate, we'll go ahead and leave it there. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to do this. Uh, thanks to all of you for taking the time to download it. Don't forget, folks, on the Beyond the Pitch Twitter page, pinned to the top of the page, is shirts available, uh, brought to you by our sponsor, SB Sports. Uh, the 100% of the proceeds go towards mental health. So if you can afford uh, a few quid, they're cheap. Uh, be very, very much appreciated. We're going to have new BTP stuff coming out soon. So uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for all your uh, comments and everything else. Calm, all the best, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good Cheers, one. Bob. See ya.